Welcome to the ministry of Barefoot Church. I'm Clay Neesmith, the pastor here at Barefoot Church. And man, we hope what you experience here today uh, will encourage you, motivate you, and inspire you in a great, great way. Hey, I want to talk to you today about expectations, okay? Because our expectations basically determine our destination. And I think so many people... Uh, today, in the culture we live in, in the world we live in, they have false expectations of who God is. We're in this, in this journey called life. The Bible refers to us as, as sojourners. It simply means that we're basically together in this thing called life. But those of us who are believers in the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and that he's coming back, we, we kind of have our, our feet in two different worlds. In other words, we live here, but our heart is there. Come on, somebody. Our heart is with God, though we we live here. And we know that better days are coming. And and so we're here to encourage each other in this thing called life, in this race called life. You know, and and sometimes in this race called life, we can get very discouraged. But, But the people of God, should never discourage you. The people of God should always lift you up. We're here to encourage each other's faith. Now, I didn't say the people of God should never get up in your grill, in between your face and your makeup, because sometimes the people of God do need to do that. The Bible says iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And so that means sometimes we need to coach, we need to encourage, or we need someone to infuse courage in us to, to kind of, you know, challenge us a little bit. Because this race is, is a little, little tough, right? And, and the Bible even declared that this race called life would be tough. Jesus says in this world you will have troubles, you will have trials, you will have tribulations. So I, I do believe that, that if we're running after the right goal, that we'll never give up. We'll never throw in the towel. We'll never, we'll never quit. And so I want to encourage you today to keep running the race. I want to encourage you today to, to basically hold on to the proper expectations of who God says we are as a people. And again, so many people are holding on to things about God that are false, that are untrue. And they think of God like a genie. And can I declare to you today, God is not Will Smith. And God is not a little blue man that jumps out of a lamp. Anytime you make a wish and and you want things to get better. But so many people think of God as as a genie. And, And for you older folks like me in the room, he's not a beautiful lady who lives in a jar. I dream of genie. I'm dating myself a little bit. I did read a little bit about I dream of genie, though. And, you know, it, it, it was on the air for 50 years. So somebody in here had to see it, okay? But again, don't we want to sometimes want to think about life that way, that, that our God is just a, a genie in a jar, and we can call on him, and he... He poofs, he comes right up and he just helps us in all of our, our struggles in life. He, he begins to make them things go away. 
And, and honestly, I, I, I got to share with you today some bad news. We live in a broken world. And those things aren't necessarily going to go away. But don't let your faith fade. Because there's a great God who has declared that it won't end like this. Come on, somebody. And if you can hold on by faith to the real God and who God is, it can change everything. It begins to get us through the valley. It begins to get us over the mountaintops. It begins to, to help us do this journey called life. So we're going to talk a little bit about doing it today, having strong faith, not fading faith. And I really believe that our hope in the one true God, the, the, the God of the Bible, uh, you know, in what he has said and what he is doing really determines the, the footing that we have in this race called life. And so anything short of that can begin, begin to, to make your faith fade. And I, I want you to know today that God is not in the business of fading your faith. He is in the business of strengthening your faith in who he is. Come on, open your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord. We all live in this earth. We're in exile, but this is not our final home. And, and God has taken us on a journey. So let's see what the writer in 2 Timothy says about, about finishing this race well. 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. The writer here, Paul, writes to young Timothy. is at the end of his life. He calls it the end of his race. And he says this, he says, hey, I want to urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead and when he comes to set up his kingdom. Now understand, he says, I want to urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead and when he comes to set up his kingdom. So that means that he hasn't fully set up his kingdom as it will be. He says, Timothy, here's what you need to do. Preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. Preach the word of God. Not half the word of God, not some of the word of God. The word of God. He says, be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not. Whether you're in a valley or on a mountaintop, be prepared. Whether, you know, you're having a challenge or not having a challenge, be prepared. Whether, you know what, you got a circumstance going on and you got a relational problem, be prepared. No matter whether you have a million dollars in your bank account, five million dollars in your 401k, be prepared. He says, be prepared to preach the word of God. He says, he says, patiently correct and rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. Everybody say good teaching. I'm about to give you some good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to the sound of wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Chase after genies that live in a lamp. He says, they'll reject the truth about where their help comes from. 
And they'll tra- chase after a little blue guy that pops up out of a, a little lamp. I got to declare to you today, God is not a genie in a jar. He is not a myth. He is not mythology. He is the creator of the universe. He created you and he created me. He has a destiny for us. He has a race for us to run. And he is not finished yet. And my friend, you need to find some encouragement today in that. And, and so what we're going to do, we're, we're going to smash the genie today. I like smashing genies, don't you? Other words, basically getting rid of the wrong thinking and putting in the right thinking about who God is. And again, you know, Christians, we're not violent people, but we're audacious people. Come on, somebody. And in the faith, in the face of many of the myths that we we encounter today, man, man, I just want you to know God wants you to finish and finish well. And he wants you to finish this race called life. And he wants you to get to the other side of how we know life here on earth today. And he wants you to get to the end of that race. And he wants you to stand before the great judge who will judge the living and the dead when he sets up his kingdom. And he wants you, my friend, whether you're male or female, it doesn't care. I don't care what color your skin is, what your age is. I need you to know today, God wants you to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in to all I have in store for you. And so the heart... This ministry is to encourage your faith to not give up, to not quit, to not throw in the towel because I'm here to declare to you today, we're on this journey called life together. And man, if I have anything to do with it, I'm gonna preach the word. I'm gonna do everything I can to help us get to the end of the race and hear well done, my good and faithful servant. Should be our goal to help each other. You need to slap somebody when they need to be slapped. You need to grab them by the shirt collar. You need to hug them when they need to be hugged. You need to lift their arms when God does something spectacular in their life. Because this is what encouragement is. He says, here's the deal. He says, verse five, I'll be preaching my whole message before I get through the passage. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. He says in Timothy, fully carry out the ministry God has given you. The administration of God's work that he has given you. Timothy, I need you to personally know what that is and fully carry it out, 100%. As for me, he says, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And look at this, and I have remained faithful. He says, and now the prize awaits me. I think we all should be running after the prize. Man, if you're just running aimlessly, I'm gonna declare the prize to you today. But, But if you're just running aimlessly at life, and you don't have a prize, you don't have a carrot, you don't have a goal, then no wonder you're discouraged. And and, and I hope to elevate our eyes and our hearts today 
to this amazing news because he says, I've remained faithful. Now the prize awaits me, uh, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return. Everybody say his return. Are you counting on him coming back? And the prize is not just for me, but all. Everybody say all. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you. Look at your other neighbor and say, that means you too. So all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. So there's a prize waiting for us if we're eagerly looking forward to his appearing. And, and, and man, it's going to be an awesome day. And so again, you know, just for illustrative purposes, we want to smash some genies today. I'm going to break my table because that table costs like $300, but... Some of you need to put some of the myths behind you and take hold of what God says and what God's doing and you know what, the reality of where we are. And, and so if we're going to finish the race, let's... Let's take hold of what he told young Timothy in, the, in this passage. He, he, he simply says this. You, you smash some genies when you preach the word. Man, man I, I'm not, I, look, I hold a microphone, but, but you have the opportunity, you belong to Christ, to preach the word too. Every day with your life and what you believe. Whatever your gift is that you uh, contribute to the body of Christ, to the family of God, Here's the deal. We, together, everybody say we. We have the opportunity to preach the word. And how we preach the word is, is we hold on to faith in who God is. And not only what God has already done, but what God is going to do. Do we understand he is an eternal God? And he is outside of our timetable. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He has come one time as a suffering servant to get, forgive people and pay our price on a cross for the missing the mark of God's glorious standard as a human race. And he says all who believe in that will come into his kingdom. But my friend, you need to understand, though Jesus has come once, he's coming back again. We're only part of the way through the story and it's gonna be an amazing day when we finish this race. So, so, you know, I had the opportunity several years ago to run in a marathon. And I know, how did your 250-pound self run in a marathon? Well, it wasn't easy. And, and in that race, you know, it was actually a half marathon. Don't, don't, let, me, don't let me fool you. But in that race, I... Um, I did finish, but it was a great struggle. And the reason was, I don't know that I properly equipped myself to run in that race. It wasn't because I was slow. It's just, I bought into some, some false mindsets of what it means to run in a half marathon. 
you know, I just thought I could just get by. And, and honestly, I about died. <laughs> On the journey, it took me like three weeks to recover. But the reason I, I, I share that with you today is I think some of our faith journey is such a struggle. Because we haven't been properly equipped with, with where we are in, in this timeline called life for all humanity. And my friends, we do live on the other side of the cross, but we live, we live also before the return of Christ. And so we, we have exposure to the goodness of God, to the grace of God, to the mercy of God, to the love of God, as, as he put on flesh and he came to this earth and he dwelt among human beings and in the form of a human, his name is Jesus. We have exposure to all that and we can put our faith and he did that for us. Come on, somebody. He did that for us because he didn't want us to, to spend eternity separated from him, so he made a way back. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Jesus came so you and I can make a way back home to our great God. He opened the door. He's the pathway. And would you, would you begin to put your faith in God's provision? Forgiving your one and only son. That, that's the beginning of the journey. But your faith can't stop there. Because, because your faith may dwindle and, and, and begin to fade. When, when life hits you head on, after you put your, your belief in that. And it happens to a lot of people. And it's simply this, it's because, you know, there, there's basically some, some genies, some myths about who God is. And it means, I, I think sometimes people treat God like this, this peel. If, if you receive Jesus, then life's going to be like a box of chocolates. And it's going to just be simply amazing. But then when reality hits, and life ain't a box of chocolates, and, and your spouse dies and, and you go freaking broke when you're trying to do the right thing every single time, then, then where's God? And if you took the medicine and the myth that God fixes all your problems in life, I got to declare to you today, he is the solution to everything. But I need you to also understand that we're not home yet. We're not there yet. We live in a broken world that sin, missing the mark, has entered into. And my friend, you know what? God says he's going to bring us home, but we've got to have faith in him the whole way. Jesus didn't come just to make your life better. Jesus came to give you eternal life and help you endure and have the incredible faith to believe in what God is doing. This is what it means to have a full life, a satisfying life, a, a, a life that is beyond deterioration. And, and, you know, the writer says, hey, preach the word. And I just want to turn your attention real quick, like, to a man in, in the day before Christ came who was preaching the word of God to the Israelite people, God's chosen people. His name is Jeremiah. And he says, he says in a famous passage in Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you know it. 
He talks about God's plans for us. However, you need to understand the backdrop of where Jeremiah was speaking. He was speaking against some people who were saying God was one thing, a genie in a jar or a genie in a lamp. And, and he was going to do something that he wasn't going to do. God had already declared to Jeremiah to share with the people, listen, you're going to, because of your disobedience, you're going to be separated from me. And God declared this early on in the book of Genesis. If you do not come underneath my leadership, my lordship, my provision, and trust me, Adam and Eve, if you, if you don't do as I want to provide for you, then guess what? If you doubt who I am, that I am your God, and you are my people, he says there will be separation. And again, the, the Israelite journey is a, is a great illustration to us what it means to us in this day and age because, because, you know, God did come for his people and God did take them on a journey. However, on that journey, when they lost sight of who God was, they went back into captivity and that's where we pick up the picture. And, and that's where they are. They, Nebuchadnezzar has come and taken on, on many rampages. He had destroyed their city and taken many of the people captive. But there was a, what the Bible refers to as a, a false prophet. He was supposedly a prophet of God. And he speaks to the people and he encourages them with a word. This is what he says. Your captivity is going to be over with in two years. And, and, and the Bible says that God had told Jeremiah, no, it's going to last 70 years. Until it's, until... You know, it's complete. And Jeremiah was a man who was to put a wooden, wooden yoke, a, a wooden stock on his neck and basically walk around with that. And it was to represent that God was going to do what he said he's going to do and these people were going to be held captive. They were going to be held captive to Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians for, for 70 years. Well, Hananiah comes along and he becomes the guy that says, no, 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 it'll, it'll be two years. And, and let me ask you something. If, if someone told you you're going to finish the race in two minutes or it's going to take you, you know, 70 hours and you were exhausted, which one would you gravitate towards? It would be the one that just told you it was going to happen in two minutes because you're tired, you're, 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 you're worn out. And, and Jeremiah raises his eyes and he basically says, man, I, you know, Hananiah, he says, I, that's the false guy. He says, I wished it would be that way. It'd be awesome. This is all found in Jeremiah 28. It'd be incredible. It'd be phenomenal. But, but Hananiah, it ain't going to be that way. It, it, it's going to be as God said. The Bible says Hananiah goes on and and Jeremiah 28 says, here's the deal. No, no, God's going to do it this way. It's going to be two years. And I'm going to break that wooden yoke off your neck and it's going to display to the people, you know what, that, that God is going to do what he says he's going to do and he's going to come in two years. And I just, I just want to read this to you. It's found in Jeremiah 28 verse 10, this account, because I, I want you to read what God said. 
about this false prophet, about this one who was getting the people to buy into a myth. And it says this, it says, Hananiah, the prophet took the yoke of, off of Jeremiah's neck, and this is verse 10, says, and, and broke it into pieces. And Hananiah said again to the crowd that had gathered, this is what the Lord says. Now again, thus says the Lord. I, I just got to tell you that, you know what? And again, I live in a culture that you live in. People come up to me all the time. Thus says the Lord. What do you measure thus says the Lord with? It needs to be the word of God. Preach the word. And I'm here to tell you, however, that Hananiah had, had, had caught the people's the, 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 the keep people's attention because he says, thus says the Lord. And what the Lord said was to, he wanted to bring these people into captivity so he could basically build their faith back in who he says they are. And until they become these obedient people or these followers of him, then you know, they were going to be there in captivity. And he told Jeremiah uh, 70, 70 years. But Hananiah says, thus says the Lord. Just as this yoke has been broken within, within two years, I will break the yoke of oppression from the nations now a subject to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. With that, Jeremiah left the temple area. I want to show you something. And then in verse 12, it says, Soon after this confrontation with Hananiah, the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. He says, you need to go and tell Hananiah. This is what the Lord says. You have broken a wooden yoke you have, brought, you have broken this off of their life, but you have replaced it with a yoke of iron. And what he's telling Hananiah, you have brought the people a false sense of hope. And, and what you really did, Hananiah, is you put, a, a, you put not a wooden stock on their neck, you, you put an iron stock on their neck. See, We've got to get people to buy into wholesome teaching, the whole counsel of God. We, I'm talking about, we, I'm not talking about the preacher with the microphone. I'm talking about us together. God is who he is. We live in a world that is broken. Here's the deal. We are here to help each other. We are here to help lift poor people up. We are here to help lift the oppressed up. We are here to bring the good news to the rich, the poor, the ugly, the schooled, the unschooled. And here's the good news. We live in this broken world. But God has provided a way back home. And would you just trust his provision, the perfect one? His name is Jesus. And my friend, when you trust Jesus for the forgiveness of our sin, missing the mark of God's glorious standard, the window is open up. The door is opened up. And, and you and I, though we are not home with the Lord yet, you and I have full access to our great God by the power of the Holy Spirit who comes and lives in us who are believers in Jesus Christ. And are you drawing on the Spirit of God and do you have faith that God is gonna do what he says he's gonna do even in the valleys? Because, because see, 
Sometimes the valleys strengthen our faith in who God is. And I think sometimes we're looking for the mountaintop when we really could find God in the valley. But some of us have given up on God in the valley because we think God is a God who jumps out of a jar. And if you don't fix the valley problem, then he must not be God. And I got I to gotta raise your hallelujah today. I got to raise your praise today. I, I got to raise your faith today. Because here's the deal. There is valleys, but there's a God who ain't finished yet. And you need to understand that we're on a journey and we're going to get there. Slap your neighbor and say, we're going to get there. It ain't over until it's over. See, see, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Don't take that verse, which was meant for the nation of Israel as they were coming out of Babylon in 70 years, that has applicable truth to our, to our uh eternal destination don't take that out of context and and put it into your life for tomorrow because because god does know the plans he has for you and it's not plans for disaster and it's not plans to harm you it's a plan for a future and great great hope but we're still on the journey friends and we're going to get there but you need to understand this, that we're not there yet. But God is going to do what he says he's going to do. You can hang on to that promise in your heart and may your faith not fade. See, see I, I know I need that encouragement sometime from a, from a sojourner, from, you know, what some of us would call a brother or a sister in Christ or a, a, a follower of Jesus. I, I need somebody to come and remind me. Not, not tell me I don't have a problem. Not in that vein. Because look, problems hurt. Problems are painful. They're challenging. But, but it's somebody to put their arms around me and hold me and love me and care for me. And, and, and help me understand that I don't always understand. But, but you know what, I'm here with you. I'm going to walk with you because we're in this thing together. And our eyes are set on eternal things, not just earthly things and you know what i don't know why this is happening but 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 together hey together we're gonna make it come on together we're gonna get there come on together we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna usher in the kingdom of our great god and uh, uh, preach the word the word of God, the full counsel of God. And he also says, Timothy, you want to finish the race? He, he, he said this. He said, you, you should keep a clear mind in every situation. He says, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. So I wrote it down this way. You're going to finish the race? And you're well done, my good and faithful servant. You got to smash some genies. But, but you got to stay focused. And the way you stay focused is sometimes smash the genies. Because he, he, he says right there in, in the passage, he says, 
you should keep a clear mind in every situation. That don't mean sometimes, all the time. You know what clouds our mind the most? Is, is when we can't see beyond the challenge or the trouble or the problem. And, and what happens is we become oppressed, we become depressed, we become, we become uh, a people that think, man, you know, but, but I, get, I just want you to understand today, can we keep a clear mind in every situation? You know what, don't be afraid of the suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. And, and here's the good news. God's come once. He's opened the door up for us as, as a human race to come back to him. This is for all people. It's not just for the nation of Israel. Jesus came for all of us. And, and understand that blood that was shed on that cross was a, was a perfect, a perfect gift, a perfect sacrifice to, to please the eyes of God and your faith and my faith in the finished work of Christ on a cross determines, determines so much about us accessing his amazing power. But understand that Jesus clearly demonstrated, could you keep a clear mind about this, that trouble will come, hardship will come, suffering will come, they're going to nail some nails in my hands. They're going to beat the snot out of me. They're going to, they're going to um, you know, they're going to wound me. They're going to lash my back. Jesus clearly demonstrated this, okay, on his journey to the cross. And as he hung on that cross, he really demonstrated what suffering looks like. And, and can I tell you, the Bible says something incredible. It says this. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. But what does that mean? That's it's by his stripes, we are healed. And what are we healed of? This condition called sin is, is what it alludes to in that passage where, where it says by his stripes, we are healed. And so how are we healed by his stripes? The way we're healed by his stripes is we saw the wickedness of sin lash him across the back. But you know what? Even in his suffering, we've also seen him rise from the grave, from death and punishment. And by his stripes, your faith in who he is, you can be healed. Oh, I don't know what you're going through today. But could you look at Jesus and by his stripes, by his lashes, be healed for your lack of faith in who God is because the resurrection proves that death itself cannot hold faithful God people back. Come on, somebody. That's a good place to clap your hands. Stay focused. It ain't gonna end like this. Let, let me read you this quick passage. Revelation chapter 21, verse 7. We, we get a snapshot. Is that amazing or what? It says, the writer here says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone. This is after the resurrection, after the ascension. And, and what he's seeing here is the, is the time when, when Jesus and God are going to Basically, he's going to be with his people. He says, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. 
He said, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. Wow. Wow. Hey, you know what? In 70 years, you're going to leave Babylon and, and you're going to go back home and be with the Lord. You're going to leave the exile and you're going to go back home and be with the Lord. God's home is among his people. He will live with them and, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death and sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things will be gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He's making all things new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. It's not a myth. It's not a genie in a jar. He says, and he also said, it is finished. Now it's finished. Now it's over. Jesus finished the payment for sin on a cross to tell us that it is finished. Our belief in that gives us access to God. But my friend, we're still on this journey and it ain't finished yet, but it will be finished when he returns and comes and makes his home with his people. He says, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will freely give the springs of water of life and all who are victorious will inherit all of these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. So let's be encouraged by the word today. Let's be encouraged by the one who said, I finished the race, I, re I remain faithful. How did he finish the race and remain faithful? He basically, you know what? He held on to the word of God. He held on to all the truths of God. He didn't hold on to partial truths. He got rid of some myths. And you know what? And when people would stand and tell him who God was, was he would, uh, Paul would say, no, 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 no. This is who God is. He, he is the one who came to me, saved me in darkness and brought me into the wonderful light. He is the one that has opened the door, you know what? And, 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 and made a way back for me. This is who my God is. And he could stand in the face. This is where he could stand and say things like, oh, death, where is your sting? And, and, and so not only all of that, let, let's maybe write this down today. Second Timothy chapter four, verse five, he says, fully carry out the ministry God has given you. He says, you want to finish the race well, Timothy? He says, fully carry out the ministry God has given you. And so I wrote it down this way, fully commit. Fully commit. Everybody say, fully commit. Uh, other words, don't you throw in the towel. Put your faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross and, and the finishedness of what God is going to do when he returns. My friend, there will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. There will be no more trouble. You have an inheritance waiting on you. That no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It is more than you can imagine or think of. But my friends, you got to raise your eyes of faith and who God is. And faith is simply this. It's the substance of things that we hope for. Things that we have not yet seen. And my friends, what is your hope in? Is your hope in a genie that lives in a lamp? I'm inviting our church to smash the flipping genie. 
and hold on by faith to a great God who comes to the rescue of his people. And he has an inheritance for us. He has a new life for us. He has a new body for us. He has all of these things. But let's continue on the journey. Accidents are going to happen. Trouble's going to come. People are not going to like you. Some people are going to like you. You're going to get a headache. You know, all of these things. But take heart. Because we serve one who says, you know what? You may live in this world, but you don't have to be of the world. Take heart. I have overcome the world. His name is Jesus. Who is your faith in today? The currency of heaven. The currency of God is faith. And I invite you to take all of your faith and put it into one true God. Store up treasures for yourself in heaven, not here on earth. Yeah, those are tangible things and physical things, all, all that kind of stuff. But put your faith in one who sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and who is an advocate for you and me. His name is Jesus. My friend, he came as a suffering servant. He sits as an advocate right now for you and me, the citizens of, of God's family, interceding, the Bible says, there for us. But make no mistake about it. When he comes the next time, he's coming as not just one who sits on a throne. He's coming back and he's going to put everything in the abyss that does not belong to God and does not truly trust God by faith. He's coming back as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he's going to set up an unshakable kingdom. I don't know what, I don't know what you want to give your life to, but that's what I want to give my life to. Can, can, I, can I pray for you? God, I thank you for the genies that we smash. And God, if there is one here today, let them leave the genie in Aladdin. God, but pick up faith in you in this real world that we live in. Because really, genies are for make-believe. But God, you're for us here today. And my friend, I don't know where you are in your journey. But I know that as a church, we're here to share the good news of who Jesus is and encourage your faith in him all the way along this journey called life. So maybe today you've never deposited your faith in this one true God. And here's what you can do. Just surrender right now. A prayer of salvation is just saying, God, I surrender who I thought you were and who I thought I was. And today, I take heart. I take heart in who you say you are. And I'm gonna to begin to live all the days of, the life, of my life by who you say I am. So God, today I'm tired of doing life my own way, right where you sit today, if you're ready to surrender to Jesus by faith. Say so today, I'm tired of doing life my own way. I turn from that life. And I turn my heart towards you. Tell God, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the perfect gift of mercy and love that he showed on that cross. 
Tell God, thank you for the resurrection and giving you and I unmerited favor, access to his power. Tell God you believe it by faith in your heart. Tell God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. And thank you for the return. And my friend, if you said that with your heart today, I just want to be one of the first to welcome you to the family of God, the kingdom beyond all kingdoms. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you were encouraged, motivated, and inspired today by the message. And again, man, we believe in you. We believe great things for you. It's because of many people's faithful giving that we're able to go out around the world. If you choose to invest in Barefoot Church, just go on over to barefootchurch.com. You can give there. But go out, live your purpose, and be inspired in a great, great way.